This is the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful spiritual inspiration for women like you who want to overcome their obstacles, discover their true potential, and find lasting joy and significance through a relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle, and I'm so excited to encourage you on how you can live the full, vibrant life that God has planned for you, the life that you were meant to live. So find a cozy spot, and let's get started on today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. And today's question is a pretty intense one. Have you ever wondered, does God really love me? You've probably heard your whole life, in fact, that Jesus loves you, God loves you. But in those quiet places where you're alone at night and you have all these doubts, all these questions, all these things bouncing around in your head, have you ever wondered, is God's love real? And how could the love of God that we read about that conquers all things exist in a world where there's so much pain? You know, how can we, how can we reconcile that? So yeah, that's a big topic, right? So that's what we're going to talk about in our very first episode together. And I'm calling this episode, How to Live Like You're Loved, because so many of us seem to have heard that truth that God loves us, but we're not being changed by it. And that's a problem, right? I mean, it's it's crazy when you look up the statistics about the number of people, and even those people who are Christians, who struggle with anxiety, with fear, with hopelessness, with depression. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people who email me regularly telling me about their intense anxiety, intense depression. And it's just, it breaks my heart because I feel, I feel what they're going through and I feel that stress. And maybe that's you. You could be feeling that way today. So I just, before we get into this, I want us to take a deep collective breath <laughs> because again, this, this is, this is difficult, but it's so critical. So we hear about this, this concept of God loving us. And we sing songs about it on Christian radio, even, you know, in our cars, but how is this truth changing us from the inside out? So what are we not getting as Christians who maybe go to church every week or who read the Bible or, or whatever? What are we not getting where the concept that God loves us is not translating to our everyday thoughts and how we process what's going on in the world around that? So we're going to be unpacking that today and not to bring shame on you or anyone, including myself, if you've ever doubted God's love or if you've ever questioned it, or if you are still questioning it now, I am not here in any way to bring shame on you. In fact, what I want to do is to help us bring light to some of these deeper issues and to, to just dialogue about it and to, to get some answers together. So it is so important for us to get to the bottom of this because I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that knowing that we're loved by God is the foundational truth of our faith. And if we don't understand this, I've seen this so many times in my life, when I don't understand that, I just, I falter. My faith in God, my fear creeps in, my self-doubt, all of these things just tend to creep in and distort what I know God has planned for me. So it's the foundation of all of the things, and it's the bedrock truth that we have to cling to when those hard times hit. And I'm going to share about some of the hard times that I've gone through and how that has helped me get through those hard times. 
So first, let's talk about why. Why don't we fully live in God's love? Why isn't it just that we listen to someone say God loves you and we just don't accept it, right? I mean, it sounds even funny to say it like that, but let's talk about some big reasons why we may not fully live in God's love. So reason number one is that in some ways, God's love feels like a fantasy, like it's too good to be true. So it seems like something that we can't measure or quantify. And we live in a world where everything is measured and quantified, time, dates, money, all of these things that run our lives. We can say, I have this many hours left. I have this much money left. We can quantify it. And yet God's love, it's something that's not earned. And it's something that's not, you know, it's not quantifiable. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine. So it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult concept. And then on top of that, we feel very unworthy. We feel flawed. We are well aware of our own thoughts. We know our intentions for things and they're not always good. And so I love thinking about God's love sometimes about in terms of poetry, like thinking of a song or a poem that describes the depth of God's love in a way that's little more poetic because sometimes it's hard to come at it just straight on. So one of my favorite songs on this topic is by Lauren Daigle and it's called Love Like This. And she starts off the song by saying, when I'm a wasteland, you are the water. When I am the winter, you are the fire that burns. When I'm a long night, you are the sunrise. When I'm a desert, you are the river that turns to find me. And then, of course, the the entire question of the song that she asks is, what have I done to deserve love like this? Right? I cannot earn what you so freely give. It's a mystery. So we don't understand it, but we understand the concepts of things like a sunrise after a long night. I was just talking to my kids about this the other day when we they'd had a long night. They didn't sleep very well. And we talked about how when we have nights like that, where we're just restless and we're tossing and turning, it is so comforting to look outside and to see the break of dawn, to just see it kind of gleaming. And that's like when this song, how she describes God's love, that he is that, that refreshment, that light that comes in. And again, it's hard to understand that, but what's beautiful is that we don't have to understand it, right? We're, we don't have to be able to get to the bottom of it. And I believe that that's what makes God's love so powerful. And God, that's what makes God, God. Because if we could fully understand every part of him, I wouldn't want to serve a God like that, would you? Right? I wouldn't want to have all the answers because then it's just, well, I'm equal to God and that could never be. I wouldn't want to serve anything that I could fully understand. Maybe that doesn't make sense on a surface level, but I'm hoping that kind of resonates in a deeper place. Um, another song that I feel is so powerful about this mystery of God and feeling unworthy and, and how can this be, that concept, is one by Corey Ashbury. It's called Relentless Love. And I am blessed to be able to sing on the worship team at our church. And when I sing this song, it's very hard for me to sing this song without getting emotional. And I I just, it's, it hits so home for my heart to hear it, the words, because it just exemplifies the depth, the height, the, the greatness, as the word says, of his love for me. And it's, it's, it's just hard to understand. So here's some of the verses from that song. It says, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. 
Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down. It fights till I'm found. It leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And of course, there's this great bridge that just builds and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, when you sing it out loud, it's just like, oh, it just, it breaks you to the core, right? And that part, it says, there's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. There's no lie you won't tear down coming after me, right? I mean, and then just, it repeats over and over and oh my gosh, like that concept to be loved like that. That is how you are loved. I just want you to stop and understand that right now. That is how you are loved, whether you believe it or not, whether you have been burned in your life, maybe by God or not understanding God's love or not understanding why God allowed something to happen, which we're going to get to in a second. I want you to believe that just for a minute that that could be possible, that kind of love, that never ending chasing after you, no wall that won't be, he can't kick down to get to you. You are loved like that. You are pursued like that. I believe that's essential that every person knows that because when they do, oh, wow, doesn't that change everything? Doesn't that just radically change every part of our day, of our mind, of our of how we want to live, of our purpose? It's the foundation for every part of our faith. So we don't have to understand it. We don't have to be able to put our hands around it and hold on to it. We just have to lean into it and revel in it. I love how God's word explains this concept in Ephesians 3:19. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So he says here, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand. So we're never meant to fully understand it. We won't ever fully understand it. We're just meant to experience it. So going back, the reason why many of us don't live in God's love is it feels like it's too good to be true. And we're going to work through this a little more because I know sometimes it still feels too good to be true. And there's all these other issues and I can hear them in your head and in my head as we're trying to talk. But just to say for a moment that what if, what if we actually believed it? What if we actually believed that we were loved like that? How would that change how you act every day, the confidence in your life, how you put yourself out there, how you took risks, how you trusted God for things? How would just believing that change you? So the second reason why many of us don't live like we're loved is we've had bad experiences or we've gone through really tough situations and we wonder, okay, well, where was God's love there? How did that not happen? You know, wh- how could he have loved me if we all have those kind of situations in our lives and we can look around the world today and say, well, how could God allow X, Y, Z if he's a good God? I mean, that's the, a timeless question that so many of us have asked and we're confused. We're frustrated by our circumstances. We don't get why things turned out a certain way. And so we're left in this state of confusion and yet we're supposed to somehow make that jump to God loves me. I mean, it's, it's a hard place to be. And the times that I've found myself in these places, I've, I've kind of had, I heard God's spirit say to me, so how is that working for you by just being mad and not understanding, you know, like how, how is this helping you? It's not helping you. And I think that, you know, I actually want to spend a whole episode talking about 
going through hard times, understanding God's love, letting him speak to us through those hard times. Because I, I don't want to, I don't want in any way just want to, you know, sum it up here because it's a very big topic and a very difficult topic to talk about. But I do want to just briefly here say that we have to understand that there is a reason that we need to be able to reframe these moments that God calls us and allows us to go through these moments as opportunities, as ways to not close ourselves off from him, but to to dig deeper into our faith, to dig deeper into that mystery of how could it be? How could a God who loves me allow this to happen? And what good could be in it? So my heart's cry to you is if you are in that place, which many, many of us are, and I've been there many times, the best encouragement I can give you is to say, look to reframe the situation and start from the place, the belief as a bedrock that God loves you and move forward from there. Don't let that be questioned because when you start to question it, then all kinds of crazy stuff starts to come in. It's like that foundation, right? If the foundation of a house is shaky, then everything else just kind of starts to fall away and crumble. We need to have that faith that's bigger than ourselves. We need to be able to ask questions. So if you are in that place where you're asking, you're, you're wondering, how can that be? Seriously, get a journal, ask questions, write it out to God, dig deep into these questions and dig deep into these areas where God is not black or white, but gray, you know, because he will use these times to produce the incredible joy and fruit that wouldn't be possible without the trial and the questions. And I believe, and I've seen it many, many times in my life and in others, that the trial and the questions that we go through, they're meant to cause us to get closer to Him and to cause us to fall deeper in love with Him. So I wanted to quickly share with you that if you're having questions like these, it's totally normal. It's such a part of who we are as humans. And I believe that we really can't have an honest faith unless we've gone through times of asking the deep questions of like, what is God's love like? And does he really love me? And why would this happen? And what does it mean to live in God's love? All these kinds of questions. We have to get to the bottom of those questions. We have to make them real for us, not our parents' faith or not just believing on the surface. But if we're going to live like we're loved, if we're going to live it from the inside out, then we have to be able to just get to the root of them. So I, if that's you, I want to encourage you to check out a study that I wrote. It's written with the five hours Bible study method. It's called the beloved five hours Bible study journal. And it is a six week study that answers these key questions that we all face about love. It takes you through really powerful Bible verses and it uses the five hours Bible study method to allow you to break down the Bible verse to not just read a Bible verse, but to, to read it, to apply it, to understand it in a new way, and then to say, now that this truth is in my life, how can I live differently? How is it going to change me? So it's just, it's a great way to dig deeper here and to really let God speak to you about how his love is true, even in these hard, dark times. So I encourage you to check that out. And you can find that study at 5rsbiblestudy.com. And I will also put that in the show notes so you can see a link to it there. All right. Getting back to our reasons why we don't believe in God's love. Reason number three, we don't allow the truth of God's love to invade our thinking about everyday situations. I believe that this is, I mean, I think the combination of all three of these, of course, is working in us at all times. But I kind of was hit with this concept several years ago when 
I was going through some difficult moments and I remember thinking, okay, so wait, 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 if God loves me, then why can't I just operate from that point and just move forward? Like in terms of these situations that I'm going through, in terms of the difficulties day to day, if, if I believe that, then shouldn't I let that go over everything else? And so it's like, sometimes we hear these words, Jesus loves you. We hear, oh, God loves you. And of course, that's awesome to say, and it's awesome to share, but we can let them become rote, just just almost meaningless, because we don't allow them to be the filter that begins and ends how we approach our faith with God. So what I mean by a filter is that I, it's, it's almost like I create in my mind something that that that's that's the lens that I look at my life through and my problems through and my frustrations through and and how life happens to me because that's that foundational truth like I shared before. So when problems hit, big ones, little ones every day, I ask myself, okay, I know God loves me. So then I can know that X, Y, Z, right? It doesn't make it perfect. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems. It doesn't mean that I can just put it through a filter and life goes, oh, okay, you know, life is perfect and and there's no problems ever again. But what it does is it gives me hope and it makes it possible to be able to say, all right, I'm going to stand on this truth. It's the source of hope. God's love and letting him just lead us through that in that, that very core place and making it a filter in our everyday, it's the source of our hope because really we cannot have deep hope in the future if we don't believe that God's on our side and that he loves us, right? So let me share with you a story that really put this to the test in our family within the last couple of years. So in September, 2016, my husband was laid off from his job and he had been working at that job for almost five years. It was just one of those situations where it was a corporate layoff and they needed to reduce the number of employees because of a merger. And so we initially thought, okay, we'll just, we'll move from here, right? We'll just keep on going and and God's got a plan for this. Well, that time just kind of kept dragging on and dragging on. And what was frustrating is that my husband is a very talented guy. He's had 25 years in his profession. He's very connected and he's super smart. And so we thought, well, we'll just, you know, play these connections and look around and we should have a job in no time. And that just wasn't the case. In fact, my husband was out of a job for over 18 months. And let me tell you, having a family with four kids and being able to exist in Southern California without an income for 18 months is just impossible, right? And when we started out on that journey, we had no idea it was going to be 18 months. Of course, we thought, oh, it'll be six weeks. It'll be a month. And there were many, many miraculous things along the way that God did that, I mean, just still bring me to tears as I think about the ways that he used the people around us, the ways that he used just previous choices we'd made about money, all of these things that kept us safe job opportunities that we thought would be awesome to explore that closed at the last minute. And then we found out maybe a month or two later why God may have closed that door and it was for our own good. I mean, just amazing, amazing stories that I, again, want to share with you later in depth. But I'm sharing just that concept now to say that through that time, the concept, the filter that I had on through all of it 
was that God loves me. God loves my family. He's not left us. He has a plan for this. He's going to get us through it. I believe that with all of my heart. That's what I had to believe. That's the truth I had to stand on, even though I didn't feel necessarily like that some days and I didn't have the answer of how he was going to do it. I had to have hope because I had to keep our family together and I had to keep myself together. I had to keep going. I had to still homeschool kids. I still, life had to go on, right? And yet, little by little, we just saw him show his love. We just did. We just saw him show up. So further up and further in, that's a, a, a quote from a very famous book in Christendom. And I love that concept when it, ta- when it comes to talking about God's love, because every day we have the opportunity to take his hand and to say, okay, I'm going to go further up and further in into your love. We Again, not expecting to ever fully understand it, but to just dwell in it, to let it change our lives, to let it permeate us. And when he holds his hand out, he says to us, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you believe what I say? And when we do, when we say, yes, I believe you, I believe you loved me, that's when things get really exciting and that's when things start to change. So this brings me to the main point of all of this, why it's so important that we understand that God loves us, because it is the foundational truth for everything else. It is the basis for everything in our faith. There's no way we can trust God if we don't believe that he loves us. There's no way we can dedicate our lives to God if we don't believe that he has our best interests at heart. And it makes sense why there are verses like in 1 John 4:18 where it says perfect love drives out fear. That when we fully understand God's love, again, when we live in the limited human way of understanding it, not being able to perfectly live in it. But when we live in that human perspective of it, and we put that back on as our filter, we can let the fear slip away. We can choose to let the fear go because it says, because fear is really going into the future without God. Fear is just saying that God is going to give us something that's beyond what is good for us. It's beyond what we can handle. And we know that everything that he allows in our life is going to be stuff that is is something that we can handle with him beside us. It's also interesting how love binds all things together. So in Colossians 13, verses 12 to 14, Paul tells us, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So it's almost like we're getting dressed every day, right? With all of these different amazing virtues. And then we have to remember that above everything else, the outside thing we have to put on is God's love for us and letting that change us from the inside out to be able to become those people that we are called to be. So. God's love, how can we live in it? How can we 
actually get to that place? What are some, what are some tools and practical solutions for that? Well, let me share with you a few things that I've learned as we're kind of going to close up our time here today. First, we have to have the mindset. We have to believe and hope in the truth that God's love is real. We have to believe it all the way down to our toes. I mean, seriously, we can't just say, oh yeah, God loves me and just, oh, but I feel like all this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, we have to get out of that. We have to train ourselves to really keep going back to that key truth that God loves me. I love this Psalm. Psalm 33, 18 says, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. We have to let our hope when things are dark, especially, we have to let our hope be in his unfailing love. We have to have that filter on like we just talked about. And how does that happen? Well, I believe that daily time in God's word is the one way that will radically change you from the inside out. And I mentioned the five hours Bible studies before, and I want to mention them again, because really, if you have problems or you've if you find it challenging to be in God's word every day, which all of us do, we're all busy. We all have lots of stuff going on. One of the things I love about these journals and why I designed them to be this way is that you can get into God's word and go deep really quickly and really get powerful truths out in under 10 minutes a day. I mean, this is the kind of life-changing stuff that you can add into your schedule, no matter what's going on. And it's possible, right? Because of this. So I highly encourage you to check out the five hours Bible studies at five hours, If that's something that you feel could help you get into God's word more every day. And then we also need to just remind ourselves of how he shows up for us every day, how he shows us his love. Sometimes when we can reflect and, and put on those glasses of, well, what is he doing? How is he really showing up? It's amazing how that strengthens us, right? I, I just find when I take that time to be grateful, to think about not just, you know, what I'm grateful for, but the ways that I really see his fingerprints in my life, it's just, it changes everything and allows me to have strength to believe in what he's got and what he's going to be doing in my life. And last, we have to just watch our thinking, right? And we have to give ourselves the, I mean, permission to be imperfect, of course, but to say when we get into those places where we're struggling with anxiety and depression and fear and all of that, to go back to that truth and really let it sink in that God loves us. And speaking of that truth, we, I believe that we have to believe in God's love, even if we don't feel it. So Hebrews 13, eight says that God's truth is the same today, yesterday, and forever. It doesn't change. So if God says he loves you, he loves you, even if you don't feel it, even if things are really, really hard going around you. And again, I told you I've been there many times. So last, I want to say that we've got to address those issues that we have with God's love. I've gone through times in my life where I've felt far from God and the one thing that I always end up coming back to is God reminds me, well, you have this situation going on, either it's a sin or you have these big questions in your life. And he's like, you have to get over that before you can get closer to me. And it's like in any relationship, right? If you're in your, your marriage or with your kids, like you have some sort of big tension going on, some big question, how can we expect to move forward unless we actually get answers to that? And we we take the time to to the messiness to to dig through the messiness right because it's it's not just time it's 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 pain it's emotional pain digging in there and finding out what's really going on but we have to make that effort and to just dig that crud out right you know if you think of like a wound like when we get hurt my son fell down and scraped his knee the other day and 
he fell on the asphalt and there was all these little rocks in his wound. And it was so hard, but I had to sit there and pick the rocks out, right? This is like, ah, it just kills you to do it. But I knew that if I didn't pull those out, that his wound would heal around those rocks. And then we would have a bigger problem. Then we'd have to go in and dig out the rocks and, and all of that. And so it's just like that. You know, sometimes we have these questions about God's love that are so buried, that are so deep, that we've allowed to just let the quote, the skin grow over it, so to speak. And we have to be willing to dig in there and to get it out. And so I encourage you, I will be praying for you that if you have those kind of questions to really work through them. And, and like I mentioned, the five R's Bible study journals, especially the beloved one helps address those kind of questions. So I encourage you to check that out. And I'm also going to put some additional posts with uh, other Bible verses about love as references in the show notes. And, um, Hopefully, I just pray that those verses can encourage you to dig deeper because, of course, God's word is so rich. It is the source of all truth and knowledge, right? And God speaks so individually to those places in our hearts when we read his word. So I know that God's word is powerful, and I, I want you to have a chance to look at some of these verses here. Several of these posts have a lot of very powerful Bible verses about God's love. So I know this was a heavy topic to start out on, but I truly believe that this is the foundation for everywhere that we're going to go in this podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I want to know what resonated with you, what your takeaways are from what I've shared today here. I'd love it if you could leave a comment just right here on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And of course, if you could hit subscribe. So both of those things, when you subscribe and when you leave comments, those signal to iTunes and the other podcast providers that this is a podcast that's impacting and, and changing people. And it's, it's something that's, you know, making waves, so to speak. So when you do that, it really, it allows those podcasts to rank higher in the search engine. And it's not all about ranking, but when people are looking and searching for answers and searching for big answers to topics, especially about God's love, it's really awesome that we can be able to make that more visible. So if you can do your part in that and, and if you feel led to do that, I would sure appreciate that. Also, you can access more information about the topic of God's love at the show notes. And all of our show notes are just based on the episode number that the podcast is. So for example, this episode would be vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash the number one. So just number one. So vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash one. All right. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. I look forward to our conversation next week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you were encouraged or inspired by what was shared today, I would love it if you could take two seconds and leave an honest review in iTunes. I love hearing from you and these reviews help others find the podcast. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. Bye for now and I will see you back here next week.